0: now welcome to the legacy of our african-american lives podcast where our stories become oral histories created to uplift empower and enrich the next generation i am your host tangela irby and today we welcome another one of my first cousins i would like to welcome richard petway to the podcast his formative years were spent in G's Bend, Alabama. He is now a New Englander and he has been in New
1: England for many, many years. I remember far back is when I was two years old. Um, I remember um, when my mother had me at a very young age and she brought me to Brooklyn, New York to live with her sister. But, you know, um, she was struggling as a young person, you know, with no job and, you know, And my grandmother sent for me, sent for her to, uh, uh, she sent for me to come back home down there. So I remember when I was going home in the car, right, check this out, I was riding in the car. I was two years old. So I woke up and I saw a lot of trees. I was like, oh, my God, I was just a young kid. So I remember when they took me into the house and I was a young kid, I remember standing up facing the wall, I holding my hands up, I guess someone was gonna pick me up or <laughs> waiting for someone to pick me up. And like I said, I, I grew up, I went to, uh, you know, elementary school down there where I was a valedictorian. And, you know, I had to work in the fields. As I got older, my grandfather had a farm, so I had to work on the farm but I still managed to be valedictorian of my sixth grade class despite miss, missing a lot of time in the fifth and the sixth grade, as I got old, old enough to work on the farm. And so, and that's what uh, slowed me up a little bit.
0: Tell us a little bit about
1: what it was like working on the farm. Well, it, it was just work. It was just straight work. Like you you go, you get up early in the morning. I, I not, how early that's i don't quite remember how early but i knew it was early but it wasn't like seven it was like mm, i think the earliest we ever went in the field was like maybe nine ten o'clock it i don't remember it being super early like dark mm-hmm. and we had to hitch the wagon up and we had to ride on a, a wagon with mew the mew pulling the wagon and i think it was sometime we had two mules pulling the wagon and we would have to saddle up the mules, you know, bridle, put the bridle on them and everything. And then we would be riding on the wagon. And I'm going to tell you, it would be the most miserable thing in the world. <laughs> I remember we were so angry because we had to go to the field. You know, we had to work, work to the field. We were so angry. It was so early in the morning. And we were going to the field. And I remember all the dew would be on the corn, the cotton. When we had to pick cotton, like the dew, the morning dew. And also the mosquitoes, oh my God, because we were down in the swamp and sometimes the mosquitoes would be tearing us up. They would be biting us and we would just be so miserable. But usually we would come home early. Uh, it, it would all be over like around one o'clock, two o'clock. We'd be back home. We'd be headed back home out, out of the field because we'd be done for that particular day. And that's basically what that was like. But it was just like, it, it was, we was miserable because, you know, it was farm work. But thinking back, it wasn't that hard. I mean, it just worked. I guess my grandfather he should call us lazy because we <laughs> I can hear him saying that, calling you yeah, lazy. Yeah. I can hear him. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. He was calling us so lazy. He could say we were so lazy because it was just such a miserable experience for us. But I'm gonna tell you, or tell you a lesson, my right? greatest lesson I ever learned as a kid. I check this out. I um People used to get us to hire out with them in the field, right? So I would go and work because, in that case, I was going to get paid. So I remember one day I went in the field of work. I got paid. You know how it is when you're a kid. You stop by the store. and You buy a lot of knickknacks and stuff like that. Knickknack, which means snacks, like moon pies, Chico sticks, and candy. So I was in the room, right? I was sitting out. I was eating my knickknacks. And my uncle, Robert, maybe you know him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I room. might know. He came in the room and asked me for some knickknacks. But you know why I did not give him any. You know why? Because oh. he, he never went to hire out with nobody. He never went. He never hired out with anybody. He was like, no, I'm not doing that. Pete and Cotton is like slavery. And he wouldn't go hire out. So when he asked me for some of my knickknacks, I said, I was thinking to my young self, I'm saying, wait, wait a minute. You had the opportunity to go and work and make some money. and buy." But of course, what happened is he ruined my reputation. He told everybody I was so stingy and everything. But I'm saying, man, look, I'm thinking to myself, right? You had a chance, you had a chance to go to the field just like I did, right? And make some money, a couple of dollars and buy your own knickknacks. It, it was a lesson for me to learn that he just stayed home. Another thing, too, I remember also, I had my own garden. My little garden, I would plant stuff like tomatoes, white potatoes, wheat potatoes. So, whenever I got hungry, which was often down there, <laughs> you know, I would get a tomato. I would cut the tomato and I would put some like some salt on it and eat it. I would go in my little garden, get my little food out there. It was right next to the house. You grow your own down there. Because you know it was a farm in town, and that's what I did. I just grew my own stuff. What did you
0: do after you came back from the field? How would you spend your afternoon?
1: Ah, uh, the afternoon was like uh, just housework. Then you? you you had to do work around the house, like feed the pigs, feed the chickens, It's slopping. You what's know, called slopping the hogs. You had to slop the hogs, feed the chickens, and stuff like that. And basically, the house was like, if it was in wintertime, you had to gather wood. You had to make sure there was enough wood on the porch to put in the fireplace, you know, stuff like that. Or to put in the heater, that, that wood, that heater that we had, it, it was wood. It, you only put wood in the heater. So you put wood in the heater, you had to make sure that there was enough wood. And then we had something called lighter. I don't know if you ever heard of lighter. Lighter was a type of wood, right, that was very flammable. It is like you need a lighter to start the fire for the wood. So if you had lighter, it's much easier to start a fire with lighter. What they call lighter, is just so much easier because it's so flammable. And then you would put some lighter in it in the fireplace, and then you would light it up and then to warm the house up. And my grandfather, he would do do that. He would basically do that. He he was good at making those fires to keep the house warm. Thinking back on that, I'm so glad that it didn't burn the house down. Because, <laughs> you know, anytime you have a wooden heater, you basically had a wooden heater burning in the house. That's a recipe for a fire right there. We were so fortunate that that never happened. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, if you was cold, you had to stand around the heater, you know, to just keep warm. And and, and it was, you had, basically had to come in the living room to keep warm because of the heat. It, it didn't really go back. All over the house, but you know, it's not like an electrical heater or a heating system. You just had to come into the living room to get you some heat. And when you got ready to go to bed, we'll oh, help you because the there ain't no heater in the bedroom. <laughs> the beds in the early days, I remember we had no mattresses. Guess what? The mattresses were made out of corn shocks. <laughs> I remember hearing that. So corn shocks. Oh, what they yeah. Well, well, check this out. You know what? Sometimes we, it's a certain way you had to put the corn shocks in there, right? Let's say you put like a, a corn shock, the corn shocks in there and you forgot. And you if you left the, um, I don't know what that thing, the car, the car, Yeah. If you left the cob on the corn shock, when you was in a bed, you turned over, you could hit a cob and it will be like, oh, shit, I just hit a car. The car would hurt, man. It would hurt. It would hurt you. If you had no carbs on it, it was a decent, it was a very decent mattress if you had no carb on there. And you know, in, the, in those early days, we didn't have a bathroom. You didn't have no running water. And but later on, we did get it. My grandmother did, you know, um, you know, got the money together to get a bathroom. And oh, that was a great I was so happy when she did. Because imagine if Natan. When you got ready to use the bathroom, guess what you had to do? I don't, you you don't want to hear about the outhouse. Let's talk Mm -hmm. a little bit. You mentioned
0: school. So tell me a little bit about what it was like going to school, living
1: in G's then. School was fun. To be honest, for me, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, school was not a burden. It was not in any way a burden because they gave us breakfast. Like I said, they, they gave us lunch and i believe they gave us breakfast too at that time at the elementary school we had good food and it was not a burden because i i was very good in school and i was a very bright kid but um you know like i said the only thing that slowed me up was as i got older i had to go work in the field but it was not bad because i looked forward to seeing my friends and talking to my friends and stuff you know we're hanging out in school and it was like a social, it was like a social uh, opportunity for me, a social, a nice social setting. So beyond school, I enjoy school, but I remember that one day my, my grandfather, he really broke my heart, right? He told me as I got older, I used to always get up and go to school every morning like nothing, They'll put on my clothes, go to school. I was, I was a happy. Beyond, it was not Like I said, it wasn't burdensome in any way. It wasn't bad. And you didn't have the problems that you do in like in, in the big cities and stuff like that. It, it was fun. I enjoyed it. But one morning he called me in as I was going to school. He said, look, you got to check with me before you go to school every day because I might need you to go work in the field. I'm like, <laughs> I remember that moment. I was so hurt because school was something that I actually enjoyed doing. I would go to school every day. I would miss a day for another. I like, I was not the type of person to just stay home just because, you know, to goof off or nothing like that. Oh, I look forward to going to school. I just did it every day. Go to school, go to school. Because I was basically programmed. I remember somebody saying that, hey, man, look. I remember all the people, the, the teachers and stuff, they said, look, you need, need to get your education. Get your education. You get your education when you grow up and will help you make more money, underlying money. <laughs> So I was programmed as a kid. They would program me. I said, "Money? If I go to school, you mean greenbacks, <laughs> real money?" Oh <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to school. I'm going to school. So also, I had my um, my my half brother on my father on my father's side of family. I don't think you know him. His name is Grady, Grady Coleman. Right, he, he, he We we went to school together, and was the same class. Like I said, also Flora, Flora was in the same class as, as I was, and but we realized that it was best to keep going because some of your know, people would motivate us, say, "Hey, look, you need to go to school. You need your education, so you could you know do good in life." And that's basically what kept me going. I just kept on going. I'm just glad I did because some some kids they didn't they didn't go to, they didn't graduate. A few kids didn't. And even some kids that graduate, you know, they, those kids that go to school and, and teachers just give them the grades they need to graduate. They didn't necessarily learn what they needed to learn. They may not have learned how to read and write properly. And oh. me, at, at, I, I took it serious. I did my work. I did the work. I put in the work, put it like that. Why were you mentioned that you were bust? Do you remember why you were bust? Yeah, because basically the elementary school closed down. They closed it after the sixth grade. That was it, there was no seventh grade, eighth grade, uh, high school anymore. It closed, they just closed the school down. So that was the school and, that was in G's then? Exactly, that was that was school in G's. I had to walk to school every day. How long was the bus ride? Oh, now the bus ride to Pine Hill, we had to go through Alberta. The bus ride would take approximately, I believe, going, we had a, a old bus driver, he, he was old poor old soul. He, he just he always said that he was a poor old soul. Between 30 to 30 minutes to, to 50 minutes, if I remember correctly. That's how long it would take to go to school either way. So the school bus, but you should come like around five in the morning, if I'm not mistaken, five, six, something like that. But I knew it would still be dark outside, so <laughs> you gotta go take it's the early. bus, get the outside. Oh, I gotta tell you a story. I used to have, you know, I used to have PSTV with traumatic postman's on. I took it out there. I was in Brooklyn, right? I had moved, I remember this about. I'll never forget this. I lived in my. I had my own apartment and everything. Do you know that one morning, I sometimes I would get up in my apartment, running to take the bus, and I really, and I would say, "Wait a minute! I'm in New York."
0: <laughs> I swear, I'm not kidding you.
1: I would go right to the door to take the school bus. And I'm like, what am I doing? I school bus out years ago. <laughs> so You see how it messed me up. You
0: talked a little bit about grandpa. What are some of your memories of grandma, Pearlie
1: Kennedy-Petway? Yeah, I mean, she was great, man. Because she was very beloved. She was wonderful. She was probably the best grandmother in the world, man. I'd be honest. She was just absolutely wonderful. I remember if I ever got sick, she would whip up one of those remedies, and next thing you know, well, I'd be well. <laughs> she used to put some kind of stuff called talc. I know some kind of some kind of remedy she would give us when we have a cold. You know, rub our chest down and stuff like that. And next thing you know, we'll be back on our feet and doing good again. She had all kinds of remedies, you know, old school remedies. But she was just wonderful. But the best memory I I had of her, when I was a kid, right, you know, she's always make us go to church. And I remember that she sat me down one day. It really was life changing for me. She told me all about God and stuff like that. And my grandmother, she basically saved my soul because she told me about God. And she told, she, she, I don't know what made her did that. I was just a kid, and she told me all about God. And she, was, she, she was very religious and stuff like that. You know, She was really into the church, and she was very religious, and she told me all about God. It really changed my life. And I used to go to church, and basically speaking, if we didn't go to church, she would get the switch out on us. <laughs> I remember one day I was going to church, I took it out I was walking up the hill, and I looked back, I was like, I didn't want to go to church that day. But I said to myself, I look back and I said, wait, if I go back, my grandma should go to whoop me. So let <laughs> me just keep on going. So I, I would go to church. She would just make me go to church, man. She would make us go to church. So what was it that uh, led you to leave Jesus, man? Oh, you know how it is. It, 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 I just wanted to get out the country. You know, it, it was like the country down there. And so basically we didn't have a lot of things that we thought, we thought another foolish move, another foolish move to be honest. Because we thought we'd have a better life by coming to the big city. I did. I thought I had been in New York a couple of times when I was a kid. You know, like I said, I spent the first couple of years of my life in Brooklyn, but that, that don't count, I guess, because I was just a baby. And and I had spent a couple of summers up here, but I always had these, you know, these grand visions of the big city, you know what I mean? Life in the big city. And I just thought it would be so much better by coming up there. But boy, 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 I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize that that was just like fantasy. And stuff. <laughs> that life in the big city is, in, you know what I mean? You're in a big city, you got, you got to have a job, and it's, it's all kinds of stuff. And you, you got to know how to navigate the waters if you live in the big city. That's what made me leave. I left a week after I graduated from high school, 1980. I left a week. I had to borrow the money to come. I had no money. I borrowed a hundred dollars from my cousin. I, I don't know if you know Tiny Dale, and, and I don't know, you ever heard of Tiny Dale? Of course. I would. Come. Yeah, I borrowed a hundred dollars from my our cousin Tiny Dale, and I told her I would pay her back as soon as I started working. And sure enough, I did that. I sent her the money. And you know what she told me? She was surprised that I paid her back. I'm like, hey, I'm a man of my word. You gave me the $100 to come up here with, I'm paying you back. That's a lot of money back to you. But yeah. can nobody afford to lose $100 <laughs> back in 1980? Of course I will pay you back, you know? So I paid her back and she was surprised that I paid her back. So uh, I guess she was my
0: ticket up here. It's interesting that you say that because my mom stayed with Tiny and Minnie when she moved from Alabama to come
1: Connecticut,
0: oh yeah, to um, so family, yeah. family back then that was what that was what family that's what family's supposed to do right 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 yeah yes definitely well Richard um I told you before we started talking that I knew I know that this will not be our last conversation because you have so many stories and so right much- oh yeah oh yeah but I wanna thank you for spending time with us on the podcast and sharing a little bit of G's Ben history with us. Right, oh Some yeah. Things that you mentioned that I did not know, a few things that mm-hmm. I did know. Um, but I wanna thank you for your time. I wanna thank you for saying yes when I asked the question. And I always end by saying, I love you.
1: Okay, Tan, I love you too. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to see you again, because you know, we don't get to see family sometimes, and and, and you're like or your aunt. I mean, I mean your mother was, you know, definitely I could I can say definitely one of my favorite aunts, and we were close as a family because they were right there all the time. It's not like they were distant, you know, distant family. It's people you never see, you don't know them and stuff like that. But basically, your mother was right there. We grew up together, and, and you know, when she come home, you know, during the summer times, I remember that. And she was wonderful. So therefore, I, I'm just very happy to see you again. Definitely, yes. We have to do better.
0: We'll definitely yeah, do better.
1: No doubt. Oh yeah. I, by the way, you know, I never got a chance to buy your book. I mean, I because I'm you know so busy. It's on Amazon, right? It is on Amazon,
0: but definitely, I, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. Yeah. But you know, you need an autograph copy. So we'll talk. I'll give you the information. Right. Right. If you get it from Amazon, I can't autograph it
1: for you. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'll take care of you, cuz. Mm hmm.